sponsored by the Dunleary Rattown Local Enterprise Office. You're listening to Business Eye on Dublin South FM. And as I say every week, welcome to Friday Business Eye here at Dublin South FM. We are ticking along. We are marching into Christmas. Yes, Christmas markets are rubbing their hands. Santi will be arriving soon. Looking very excited. But I'm sure there's a lot of people out there scratching their heads at the moment as well, going, what the hell is going on? Have we been sold a pup? Yes, a pup. Is our government selling us pups, things that don't work, stuff that they have promised? Thank God they are not Santa delivering us presents. Simon, what do you think of the mess that we are in as a country? I was just thinking that was so poetic. <laughs> but I was also thinking, you know, it's called COVID-19, but unbelievably we're nearly in 2022. I mean, it's still rumbling on. And, you know, I feel sorry, my clubs, I mean, they opened four weeks ago and they're effectively closing again. I mean, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't laugh because I mean, it's really serious for livelihoods and it's confusing, Joe. Well, confusing. this is what, Someone said to me the other day, and it made me shake my head. They said, you know, we there was this rush on this vaccine that we all needed. And now, you know, we've realized that the vaccine isn't working. We're two years in. Have they developed a new vaccine that works? Or are they t- these, you know, thousands of bottles that they have bought? They just want to get them out so they look good. But we're we're none the wiser. We're none the wiser. Really, that's really interesting because my wife was saying to me the other, I was saying to her, well, okay, so everybody was lumping their hopes on the second jab, and now everybody's lumping their hopes on the booster jab. But what about after that? And she said, well, you know, they've had two more years to develop more sophisticated versions, but we haven't seen them. So are we? No. Why are we still relying on the rush version anyway? You know, it's yeah, confusing, Joe. It's it's <laughs> there's a big money pot there that you know that needs to go. So yes. So that's what we say. People are, do you know, I, when, when I was down in the barbers, people were going, we, we won't go on. We won't go on. I'm just enjoying my walks. You can see my pup here. I've had him out for a walk beforehand. He's, he's asleep in the corner. But Simon, we'll tell you what we'll do. We will take an ad break and we'll come right back and we'll meet our guest. Sponsored by the Dunleary Rattown Local Enterprise Office. You're listening to Business Eye on Dublin South FM. Yes, folks, and Business Eye Friday. Simon, where are we going for our walk in Glendalough? We're definitely going to do it before Christmas, and we're definitely going to do it before they stop us from doing it. So, <laughs> Did you hear the snow forecast next week? Is there? Yeah, well, so we'll, we'll be drinking our... Blue vine, blue vines, yeah. blue vine up on the on, on the mountain, up on the mountain of Glendalough, up on the mountain of Glendalough. Yeah. Cool. So, I mean, who have we got? Who have we got this week? Well, we got somebody I know well because I know the company very well. A guy called uh, Connor O'Connell, a managing director at MCS Integrated Solutions. Um, MCS is is a really, you know, it's it's a company, it's a tech company with a difference in that um, it really provides solutions, meaningful solutions to clients in a sort of a relationship-based way, bringing efficiency and and really listening to what the clients want, not just flogging solutions, 
but listening to what clients need from a cultural perspective, from a relationship perspective, from a growth perspective. So um, it's a great company. And uh, Connor, welcome. How are you? Hi, Sam. How are you doing? Hi, Joe. How are you? Great. Do you know, Simon, when, when you were talking there and I heard one word, people flogging, flogging stuff, and that sparked up, sparked up my little little sensors connor is that all we've become in in this digital age people just flogging stuff without actually having the support needed in the background i'll open up with that i suppose at the moment we don't flog as much okay uh, i think we now spend more time looking what customers requirements are and trying to meet those requirements but traditionally, and this is where a lot of the problems are with companies' IT problems at the moment, is they've always bought software for to solve one problem. But they're not looking at the overall solution of the company to make it streamlined, to make processes run flow, to let, to let the data run clearly through the organization. So you can see exactly what is going on in the company. What people have done in the past is they would have... Uh, bought a solution, let that solution run away in one department within the organization. The next department wants a solution, so they'll go and buy another piece of software somewhere else. But the two systems are not talking. The two systems are totally independent. And now what you create is silos. You've created silos of data which are not tied together. Mm. So as you said, does are we flogging software? I think historically we've used flog software. But now I think it's time for companies to take a look at what is our overall goal for our company from a software point of view. And before you go and buy another piece of software, go, how does this fit into our overall strategy of our organization? How can I, we? Yeah, I would, I would agree with you 100% on that because I've seen it in the past where, you know, a company will buy something and they go great. And then there's a learning curve and some people will either warm to it and some won't. And then they'll buy another piece of software and then they'll buy another. And what's happening within the organization, instead of them doing three things to make the company run, they're suddenly doing 54 things in their day to make the company run. That if they actually just sat back and did a bit of brainstorming, they could buy an overall product that could do 15, you know. Exactly, Joe. Yeah, 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 that, yeah. that is exactly what is happening out in the, in, in the organizations. And it's it's the managers, managers and leaders, they they think they're doing the right thing, but what they're not doing is talking to the people in the ground who are using the software day to day and say, what what can we do to help you? Because what's happening, as you say, like people end up doing fifty five different processes and they're doing them manually because the systems are not talking to each other. So um, they're creating extra work for the employees. Everything has become process. It's all small little processes that can lead to bigger problems in that the data is not accurate. And as an, as an overall organization, you can't see exactly what's going on. And a lot of people have the problem that it happens at the end of the month. They get the management report and they go, here's my sales figures. But it's too late at that stage. This should be flagged two weeks before that, like to say, this is where you are. Some of them don't look at them. People don't look at them, yes, because it comes to the end of the month and it's too late at that stage because yeah. it's yeah. Uh, you have you have missed your target. Yeah, Connor. In terms of how MCS 
goes about this. You recently published, a, a, I thought, an excellent blog post on what you do to go into companies to drive efficiency and 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 to make sure that people are part of the process. How do you go about doing that? I mean, before you before you sell a technology, what do you do before that? You must get down and just actually work with the people in the organization to find out where the sticky points are. Maybe just talk us through how you would engage a usual client. So um, when uh, when we first engage with a customer, um, we'd ask them what are their initial requirements, I suppose, their, 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 um, their pain points, I suppose. Okay, so... Um, we asked them for a sample of data. We didn't show them our ERP solution with their sample of data. But in within that demo, we will have sorted, we'll have showed them a solution to their problems. So it might give us 10 and we might paint out, uh, we might take five points and say we will concentrate on those five points. So after the presentation of the demo, you normally move on to a business review process. Okay? And the business review process is we come along and say, cost get more detail on your business, a bit more detail on your processes, okay? Where are the bottlenecks again? Like, okay, where are you failing here, okay? So we take away all that information. And at this stage now, we have talked to the stakeholders and we have talked to the users of the system, okay? So we come back with a report to say, this is where your bottlenecks are, as discussed with you in your, uh, your review processes, your workshops. And this is the way we see the solution going, okay? So again, if you're happy enough with that, we will then demonstrate this solution to you. At this stage, you have purchased nothing. All we've done is done a business review process with you, and you can you have now got a completed document of what the way the information should flow through your organization, and the difference the difference the parts of the solution or what what are the different parts of that solution. And then uh, if you want to come back on board with us again, uh, this is where we work more with you on training you on the software, implementation, consultancy, data transfer, and um, making sure that everything is, and making sure that everything's okay. Perfect, perfect. One, one of the questions that, you know, which working in industries where we've looked at data and we've looked at implementation, and I'm going to take the motor industry, the motor industry was was a, an industry that sold cars. They filled out a, an order form, and then that went into the admin, and it was it was done. And and then suddenly the manufacturers were coming out with, "We need this, and we need that, and we need this." And the sales guys then stopped selling and became order takers. But for them to sell a car, they had to fill in multiple pieces of software for the manufacturer to know its KPIs. So in selling, the, the inter interaction with the customer grew longer. It wasn't as free-flowing, and they, they were selling less cars because they were using data where something would, you know, was a, a stellar moment selling a product and just got caught up in data analysis. Is that... Is, is, are you saying the, what you're doing is that you're eliminating that, you're refining it, and then in the process, making it back to what it should be, which is a personal interaction between people? Exactly, yeah. So when we look at the processes, the uh, people, every, every organization have process, and they have a process on how they do things within the organization. 
So as a part of our business review processes, we look at those processes, okay? And we might re-engineer that process and say, no, we can cut out steps here, okay? If we did things by uh, removing steps, we'll actually get the process to flow more stream streamlined, and therefore that'd be a better result for your organization. And that will reduce a lot of guys doing manual work of filling up forms, and, as you said there, Joe. This would be a case where the but the form filling is automatically done by the customer at the beginning, maybe. At the customer at the beginning, he fills up the form. And that data is then transferred through the process back into the uh, and back into the, uh, the dashboard for your business analysis. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you, I mean, Connor, I mean, you've got MCS has some really heavyweight clients like the Irish Farmers Association, a national newspaper, and Dublin Marathon. I was just looking at the testimonial from Dublin Marathon, and they're gushing about the fact that you really helped them with the whole registration process. How, how did how did that come about? How did your association with Dublin Marathon come about? Um, so Dublin, Dublin Marathon approached us. They approached a few customers, uh, sorry, a few suppliers, and we won the tender for the business. Um, so uh, the first process I am there was sorry, the first problem that the Marathon were having was that. The registration queue was taking three hours, and they wanted to reduce that three hours to as min to a, a minimum as possible. Okay, so um, so it involved all the athletes arriving to the RDS two days before the marathon was being run. The athletes were queuing for three hours before they got their registration form, and at this stage they would have they would have had, they would have the marathon run at that stage. Like yeah, so. What they wanted to do was to reduce that three-hour delay. Okay, so again, look, the first year we put in the software, we reduced, we we got a result. It wasn't the ultimate result. Okay, but what it was the next year was go back and refine it again. We keep refining the process until we have it down to a fine art. Okay, so the minimum waiting time now for an athlete from the time they go to the RDS in from the front door to leaving the uh, registration office is 30 seconds and at peak hour peak time is three minutes so it was a great success simon one of the things which is sparking with myself is that you know when you're running an event and you have 200 people in the audience um something like this works well that you know if you want to try and get those people to that next level yeah. you know it's it's refining over connor saying okay everyone in the audience pull out your phone and yeah. type in, you know, businessadvisory.com and they come up and a little dash will come up and they can type in an email for a free prize or something. And then all yeah. that data then comes back to yourself. It, is it that sort of level or is it really then, could I say I'm a big multinational and I want to do a recruiting um, and I want to then narrow it down to a, you know, a certain type of employee can your system then go through that automation as well, which will help me categorize who I need to interview out of all the thousands of, of CVs that we get in? Um, I suppose the example your your the example that you're leading with there uh, would be more a HR system, or there maybe might be more requirements towards a HR organization. But we'll say we'll take the example of. Uh, if you had a um, a big a big store of we'll say eighty thousand to hundred thousand yeah. 
products, okay? And you want to come along and you want to say, well, I want to get a, a, a shovel that is pointed, okay? Or, and it's made by Bosch or Bosco or something like that. So within our software, you can come along and can say, well, okay, give us my, my, my type of a shovel is a Bosco or is a pointed shovel. So we select the pointed shovels. And then within that, you can select your Bosco and you can okay. continue drilling down until you get to your the, the criteria that you want. Okay. So as for you, the uh, I suppose the criteria that you're saying about listing, uh, trying to get my matching my criteria, I, I could do that on a bespoke development, no problem, because that's all artificial intelligence that you're typing in what the criteria are, and you're going mm-hmm. searching the database on that criteria. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Connor, do you, do you find? I mean, because a big part of what you do is bring people along on the journey because you know I've, I've i've spoken to you recently about a company that i've been doing work in and lots of different departments but they're not really talking to each other and and it's easy to say well we'll get a technology system and we'll fix it but it won't fix it unless you train people unless you inform people unless you bring them on the journey is that how do you it's, it sounds to me like you're in the business not just of technology but actually almost like psychology, organizational psychology in business is bringing the people along. How conscious are you of doing that as a company? Because that's a big part of it. And it's, it must feed into your success. Yeah, oh, it sure does. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the word technology there. Technology would be the last thing we look at. Okay? <laughs> technology is after you've everything else done. Okay, So um, when we go to implement a solution, Okay, we form a, a team, uh, a project a project management team, and on the project management team is champions of their own departments. Okay, but then those departments will have their their users. Okay, so we go to the users and say, tell us how you use the system. Okay, we talk to the stakeholders. What do you want from the system? Okay, so you have to marry the two together because they, they can be totally disjointed in what the stakeholders want or the, the champions or the managers or the leaders as to what they, uh, how the people use the software on the ground. So by incorporating the users into the system, you give them a... You give them, you give, you give them a sort of a thank you. Thank you for asking me. Like, yeah. okay, I'm part of this company, okay? Thank you. Rather than just saying, here's the solution, go and use it, Okay. But if you ask them to, that we are going to train you, we're going to show you how to use the system, we're going to implement your ideas, they're they are so thankful of that that uh, we can we are part of the we are part of the overall solution. I think it's you know, at, and you said it there. You have to get everybody involved because you know my days in software development and working within a bespoke system as well. If you were going into an organization with a whole new system that was going into that organization, the amount of staff that would actually run out the door or would, would fight or argue because they were frightened or scared of this new data that was coming in, this new system that was coming in. And... To, and what what frightened to see people might think they're stupid or people might think that they're incompetent or people, you know, there's all these things because people believe that the, a system or AI is coming in to, you know, watch them on it. Where if you then approach it, which I think, and that's what you said there as well, is so, so important. 
that if you, it has to be approached in a certain way. So everyone is on board instead of the big hammer coming down, we're doing this. And if you don't like it, and by doing that, it's asking the questions. I think that's in like Simon, you, you'd agree with me, you know, I think we've learned that from just kids bringing up kids. It's rapport. It's rapport. Yeah. There's actually a book that's just come out called rapport and a couple of English people, a couple man and a woman have written it. And that's one thing that we've kind of forgotten to do is build rapport. I mean, and I've seen Connor and his company in action. I mean, they, they do the opposite of what you would expect of cynical tech people. They spend most of their time up front building rapport, trying to understand the issues, all that stuff. And it's building relationships. And then you're, that's why you have the quality of companies you have, Connor, and you've, you've had them for a long time, because at the end of the day, it's all about human connection. It's not really about the tools, is it? It's about the connection and the feeling of of assurance. Would you agree, Connor? It's the, t- the technology is just a tool. <laughs> the, te- the technology is just a tool, yes. Uh, it is involving everybody. Okay? Um, even, Joe, you said there, you do, you've done it with your family. Like, you do this naturally, okay? Yeah. When you go to work, I think uh, people forget to communicate and they just go, I'm doing this, like, okay, I don't care what the other users care. I'm doing it this way, like, okay, but if you get, and as Joel, you pointed out there, if you don't discuss it with the team, there's resentment. There is that, I am not, I'm not going to do this. Okay? But don't forget, you as an organization have paid a lot of money for the software. A lot of sick days. <laughs> a lot of sick days are coming up like, yes, okay. Yeah. So if you get the people involved, and then I suppose, look, when we are going, part of our implementation is we do a user acceptance testing, okay? And this is where we go back to the user and say, look, is this the way you want it like, okay? So they are happy. They're going, yes, that's that's exactly it, like, okay? It might have taken a few iterations of the software now, like, I mean, that I wouldn't worry about that part, okay? But then the, the manager, the stakeholders, their, their requirements are met as well. So then you've got two people that are, two two bodies of people that are happy, and they go, yes, let's work together. But yeah. then as, as the company grows, they go, yes, we'll do that in the software. We can work on this in the software, rather than sort of going, oh, uh, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. So it also gives the uh, people a bit a sense of responsibility that uh, this is my job. I'm I'm going to do my job properly. Yeah. And that involves me using this this software, using the the process that we have organized or what we have implemented, and let's let's grow. The yeah. other thing I like about the way you work is that when you've done the business process review you don't insist on the client engaging you to implement. You're, you're happy to say to them, you can have the review and go elsewhere. And I think that to me, if I were looking around for a company like yours, would suggest that you have confidence in the in what you do. Would you agree? I mean, you're not hard selling after doing the review. No, the way I look, I, um, I think you pointed out at the, beginning, at the beginning there that people are selling rogue software and all that. Okay, those, those, those days... Have to, have to go because it's just just not workable and it's given the I'm a, I'm an IT developer by by trade and it's given us a bad name that we're not implementing we're not developing solutions that meet the customer requirements so um, so yeah so if we after the business review process um, 
you can go and look at somebody else. You can talk to another company, no problem at all. You can take the document because it's your document, okay? Um, but I'm 100% confident that you've become back because we have got to know what your business is. Yes. You have developed a connection with us and we can move forward as a solution. Are, are you are you writing bespoke software for each individual company or is it a, a software that you have packaged for different industries? Okay, so we have a an ERP solution in the background. Okay, so an ERP solution will look after your sales, marketing, your quotations, your purchase order, your um, uh, your stock, uh, general ledger, project management. It looks after all of that. Okay? So that would be the core of our engine that we're always selling. What industry? It's, it's, it's every industry. Every industry. Okay. Yeah. So we have it in the finance, the financial section, the pharmaceutical section. We have it in DIYs, DIY home, uh, retail shops. Um, the list is endless of what industries we have put it into. But, yeah. Yeah, no, radios, no radio stations yet, Connor. <laughs> We don't. We we don't need data. We have it all in our heads. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. For but um, I'm interested as well, Connor. But why did you get just into go, it? Just go back to that, Joe. There, I suppose is you say what type of industry? I mean, all we're doing, we're all we're doing is selling a platform. We're selling our bespoke solution on top of that. Like okay, so no matter what the industry is, we can develop a solution around us using the ERP solution or using uh, REST, REST APIs to get the data from different different applications into the one platform. Simon, KPIs, you know, I remember KPI many yeah, me years too. ago reminded me of, of you know, nuts. <laughs> but as time went on, <laughs> KPI, KPI. KP nuts, yeah. KP nuts, yes. KPI. Everybody was, you know, it was a buzzword that everyone was, was using, but yeah. nobody was actually looking at the key performance indicators at all. Um, is that, Connor, is that still the way or, or, or have they, you know, there was a key performance indicator for everything, um, but there was so much data that people didn't know what to do with it. Have you... Is that still the same or is it refined and is people now using that data to make decisions or are they, you know, that's my main question on it. Yeah, it's interesting, I suppose, but uh, 10 years ago, if you mentioned the word KPI, people go, what's KPI like? Okay, so you'd have to spell it out, key, key performance indicators. And they go, oh, I've never heard of that before. Like, <laughs> But I think if you don't, if you go into a company now and you mention KPI, Everybody knows what KPIs are. They drive their business on KPIs. Uh, and, but again, the KPIs will only work depending on how accurate the data is, how, yeah, good true. Are, how good your posts are behind it, how good your software is behind it. Okay, So um, KPIs are now down to an hourly basis, a 30 minutes basis. People go, what's my sales for the last 30 minutes? They're constantly looking at, Look at what is my KPIs. So KPIs is becoming a, a very powerful tool. I, so remember, I remember I worked for Dell oh, 20 years ago, and they must Johnny have been Edge. ahead of the curve because everything they did was daily KPIs. We would have daily ops meetings, and 
the, even the three letter KPI causes nightmares, flashbacks for me. <laughs> well, well, Simon, take it this way. 30 plus years ago when email was coming out and a friend of mine, you know, when we were working in Germany, you know, said, you know, this is going to be changing the way we do work with America and, you know, Europe, it's going to change. And he said, ah, that won't work. <laughs> yeah, that won't work. Yeah. And look at it now. We we depend yeah. on it. We depend yeah. on it. Connor, Connor, what 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 are the plans for the company going forward? Do you have big plans? Are you going to focus more on ERP? Are you going to focus more on certain industries? More on bespoke? Or what what's the focus going forward? The the main focus going forward is to remove silos of information for organization. Okay. Let us work on one platform, one source of data, remove this manual process of taking data from system A into system B. That, let's, let's go and develop a solution that will allow companies use their software for them rather than letting the software dictate how the company should be run. I've got, a, I've got a good client. We should all go and knock on the door of the HSC, the health service, NIAC and NEFET and get them all to talk together. How about that one? Uh, it would be great, yeah. <laughs> just lock them up in, <laughs> in some sort of AI program <laughs> and leave them there. <laughs> but I mean, even, even, even like, like I'm, not, I'm not going to name any companies or anything like that, but companies, the big companies, they have got databases all over the place and none yeah. of the databases are talking to each other. Even by coming in, by putting in a, a a dashboard application, a business intelligence tool that would sit on top of all of those applications, and those that that business intelligence tool will read information from all the different systems, and you could create your KPIs quite easily. I have seen in the past companies who have made it mandatory for the sales staff to collect name, telephone numbers, email addresses of all the clients or all the prospects, I should say, that walk through the door. So you're talking thousands and thousands and made them do it and gave out to them if they didn't do it. And do you know what they did with all that data? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And then when the GDPR came in, what did they have to do? Delete it all. Did nothing with it. It was actually, you know, that, that, the amount of energy and time and that went into that whole process at, with what they did would could have been better spent on something else really and truly. But, and I'm sure now if I looked at them, they would still be doing it and still do nothing. And if there's one thing that I, I've learned over the years is that when you get someone's name and you get their email address, and if you use that wisely, that's getting into their living room when they're watching Coronation Street and you're talking to them, if you do it right. Sitting on their couch, you have something into it. And a lot of people lose that and don't use it as well. It, without, you know, salesy or pitchy on it. But, you know, that, that information is, can, is, is a wealth of profit to any organization. You know, that just raises the point of security as well. I mean, yesterday I got a text purporting to be from Bank of Ireland in my Bank of Ireland thread. I got that as well. But again, I look, I think a lot of that is down to there's so many different systems going on with these organizations. One department doesn't know what the other department That's the thing. That's the thing. If you come along and put everything onto one platform, so if, Simon, if you've made a phone call to Virgin 
and Joe picks up the phone to use the next time you ring. Like, don't just say, oh, yeah, you were talking to Simon. Yeah, Simon said he'd do this. Like, okay, yeah. so it is a communication, constant communication with the customer to make sure the story continues on with no matter who the user is on that other side of the phone. Yeah, that's that. That's a big gap that I see in all of these companies. You'll ring and you'll end up talking to twelve different people, none of whom have kept got the record from the previous one. It drives me nuts. That's if the person fills in the data. So Simon, if if Connor rang you and then he gets me, and if you didn't fill in, the, I was I have to swear to God, lads. I was on a call with uh, one of the providers and it was going on and on. I don't want to be bitching, but it's quite funny. And when it, someone ring up, I got to the stage. This was months going on. I was just going, can I speak to such and such? Well, no, speak to me. No, because I can't tell the story again. <laughs> I can't tell the story again. I can't. Just get them on. They know the story. I can't tell this again. Please, please. And, and they said, I apologize. And I was going... Don't apologize. I don't want your apology. I just want to fix. Stop apologizing, yeah, please. Yeah. And eventually I had to get onto LinkedIn. Yeah. And good, speak good, to someone the, on LinkedIn and they reached out to me and helped me. So that's the, that's the magic of LinkedIn. The yeah. good thing is, Connor, all of this means there's going to be plenty of work for MCS yeah. in yeah. years to come. No, it surely is. Yeah. Connor, where good. can someone get you if they wanted to reach out? Um, I suppose the easiest place to look would be at mcscomputers.ie. All the contacts there, all the Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn is all there. Perfect. Connor, look, thanks for coming on the show. Um, Simon, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Sponsored by the Dunleary Rattown Local Enterprise Office. You're listening to Business Eye on Dublin South FM. Simon, data, 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 data. Yeah, we do well, need it. We it's do need data, it. but... But I think humans are more important than the data. I mean, data, you know, we were talking about there, and it's only as good as what people do with it, you know. And if you're not training people, if you're not informing people, if you're not bringing them on the journey, if you're scaring them with the change management program, the data is just going to sit there on a desk somewhere, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it, it, and what Connor's talking about as well, you know, he said in the interview the data, the technology is the last part of what we do. It's all the other stuff. And, yeah. I, and I think that's important because when, when, you, when a company is sitting down and they need to implement a new system, they think of the system. They don't think of the relationship with the people. And exactly. I, I like his approach. I like his approach on it. No, it's a really solid approach. And I've watched them and I've done some stuff with them and, and they really mean it, you know. And yeah. As a business, they're really conscious about it. And... You know, I've said to him, oh, well, I could maybe bring you some more clients. And he said, slow down. We want to service the ones we have in the right way. You know, and, yeah. and I love that. That's really unusual, Joe. I love that. But, but I did like in the interview as well, as you, as you said, we should get to HSC and, you know, Tony <laughs> Hooligan and all his gang. Yeah. Um, we could put them in an AI box. Um, <laughs> and, and we could just get on, get on. Time machine, put them in the time put machine. Put them in the time machine. Do you know, I laughed. I, I, I laughed. I, I seen the headline in, in one of the papers there. Um, this winter, uh, our, our uh, A&E and our hospitals are going to be overcrowded, right? And I went, oh my God, and I clicked on it. 2017 was the date. Every year there's this I big... Would. Pump, pump, right? And in the last two years, you know, the amount of 
billions. Could we say billions have been yeah, spent? Billions. And nothing has been put into into the systems themselves. Yeah. It's absolutely shocking. You know, you know, you and me, we talk on WhatsApp and we, we discuss what's going on in the world and everything. Do you think people are starting to really realise that we've been, is it conned or we've been led down a, a, I, a, 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 some sort of path? I, I, I can't put I, my finger on you, but do you think people are? I think, kind of, I, I, I honestly think, I honestly think that, I'll be surprised now if there isn't a change of government. And I'll be surprised. I'll be surprised. I don't mind saying this. I'll be surprised if Sinn Féin aren't part of the next government. Because I think people just want to see a change. I don't think they know what they want. And I don't think they really know whether they're being conned. But they have a strong sense that something has to change. That's my. That's what I think. But it's 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 like, you know, the, the, the nightclub owners, you know, they... You know, the, you know, the restaurants, everyone is suffering. But we said to this, remember two years ago, we said that when they were making these decisions, they were making them for themselves and they weren't making them for the business owner because they were getting paid their big salaries. Do you remember we said that two years I do. ago? I do. Yeah. And, and now, you know, it was 15 days to flatten the curve and two years later, 93% of the country is vaccinated and yeah. and now they're I, I i'm confused i'm confused and that's what i'm saying have we been sold a pup and leo said oh it's a three course meal three course vax now like that's that's it was that's the way he said that was garbage like we're all idiots but, but 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 how does he know it's going to be three? How do we know it's not going to be four, five, six, seven, ten? How do we know? But it's not working. It's not working. So in two years and all the billions, should it be creating something that does? So you know, I, it's, uh, it's interesting. Yeah. I saw something online the other day. Uh, I can't remember what it was, but Ireland, somebody, it was on Twitter, and somebody was saying, you know, all these excuses about where COVID is causing overcrowded crowding. And the statistic, Ireland is either the second or the third lowest uh, IC units in the OECD for comparative econo economies, and that's always been the case. So it's it, there's nothing to do with COVID. You know, COVID obviously is a serious issue. But as you, when I moved here 21 years ago, I guarantee if you look back at the Irish Times in 2000, there would be at least one day probably 10 days when it was going on about the the, the health service. Yeah. It hasn't changed. And didn't Tony Houlihan say at the beginning of this as well, two years ago, we are locking everyone down so we can prepare to have the UCI units extended. Yeah. Now, they didn't. You know, the, the taxpayers paying for everything. I... I'm I I I you know I'll say it on air. I think we're being I think we're being lied to. That's you know. Um, yeah. And 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 my question is why? And yeah. and if any of them want to come on and tell us differently, they're more than welcome. They're more than welcome to come on and tell us. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's there's something very weird when you know the heads of the a certain department gets paid almost twice as much as the head of the NHS. Like, why? Why? Why do we have all these different departments? Why Why are they taking so much time? 
why? Like I, I keep saying why, and and I don't I don't hear enough people asking why. No, there's there's why <laughs> ring ring <laughs> they shoot yeah. out they'd be they'd be running through. Yeah, there's there's no one answering answering questions. That's it, honest. Mm-hmm. But look. Another week, Simon. Another, another week. week. Another week, another indeed. Week. Um, I will. I'm, you're. We're wrapping up. I think around the fifteenth of December yeah. here. Yeah. I'm enjoying the. I'm looking forward to the break. I am. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. I'm taking three weeks out, and I'm reading some books, and I'm relaxing. And I see your dog behind you is relaxing as well. He's, yeah. We we did a big walk just before. He looks pooped. Yeah. He's only five months old. He's, he looks yeah. a lovely dog. He Looks does indeed. Dog. When you yeah. see him, he'll he'll we'll tie him onto your ankle and then get you to he'll drag you around. <laughs> <laughs> he'll drag you around on it. Yeah. Anyway, folks, that's from myself and Simon. We wish you a happy weekend. I was going to say happy Christmas, Jay. A happy a, a happy businessiadvisory.com weekend. Yes. And if you want to connect with us or ask us questions or get on and and figure out some stuff about your business go to businesseyeadvisory.com and you'll be able to chat with us there all the time to next week take care thank you bye bye